Here's the situation. You're dead. Pick a place to haunt. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Rush Howell. I'm TJ Jagodowski. And this is Here's the Situation, a, a real podcast about hypothetical situations. And this week's theme, TJ, is wedding ghosts. Wedding ghosts. Wedding yep. ghosts. Uh, and so uh, that one is going to be ghosts. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we will come back to that as we always do. Uh, as a teaser, we come back to that at the end. Uh, and just as uh, as we usually say, um, the situations that I'm bringing, uh, TJ, you've not heard before. No way, baby. And the uh, situations that you're bringing, I've not heard before. No, I wouldn't tell them. I wouldn't yeah. tell them to you, even if you asked. Right. So please uh, take it easy <laughs> on our poor answers. We haven't had much time. Uh, okay. So uh, wedding ghosts. So I want to get right into one. And I, I worked on this one uh, with my uh, with a coworker, uh, Steve Hackney. And I like this one. Uh, a lot, so uh, hopefully you do too. I will. Here's the situation. All right, buddy. TJ, you are a renowned wedding planner. Yeah. All man. right. You're one of the best in the business, and you have to plan two different weddings that okay. come in. Uh, and I, I want to. I ultimately want your full plan for both of these two weddings. Uh, the first is a a a wealthy um, couple comes to you and says. We we just really want to blow it out, mm. uh, and w- it's I almost, like hearing this. It's As a wedding almost, planner, I like hearing oh, yeah. this. This is I can spend some money. I can yeah. really okay. And in fact, you have to spend oh. one million dollars oh. on the wedding. It's like a Brewster's Million situation. Mm-hmm. You you have to spend it. Okay. So you're you're able to go hog wild with it. And I want to really kind of learn as a wedding planner what are you, what are going to be the key aspects for you when you have basically an unlimited budget. You got this million dollar wedding. Oh yeah. Second wedding comes to you, equally wealthy couple, and they say it's important to us that we be Spartan in how we go forward with our wedding. We just don't want the big deal, but we want to celebrate and have this occasion. But we think it's important. We only have one thousand dollars yeah. that we're willing to let you s- spend on this wedding entirely. Okay, one, and that's got to cover you know everything. Mm-hmm. So, so what I want to hear is, and you can take them in whatever order you want. But we're going to hear how you do the one million dollar wedding, and okay. then what you would do for the one thousand dollar wedding. All right, I'm going to start with the one thousand dollar wedding. Okay, all right. Um, we're going to find a uh, easy to get. The, the, we're going to save a ton of money on the venue. We're going to get like a park district building okay. or some uh, city owned like outdoor place where the permit for the place might be like, hey, it's 10 bucks an hour okay. and you can have you can have this you can have this location. So nice. we're going to save a ton of money, ton of money. <laughs> and you're going to do a hundred hour wedding. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> and that's the it. Entire budget. Yeah. Yeah. People can come and go as yeah. they want to. If feel free to stay over if you yeah. like. But We're basically just sub-le- <laughs> subleasing we, the area what we for lack 100 with, hours. With uh, accoutrement, we're going to make yeah. up with time. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sell this as a BYO. Okay, um, I think you got to. Yeah, right. right? So we'll 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 uh, we'll get coolers and stuff uh, stuff like that. People can bring whatever it is that they okay. that they that they want to drink, and we're gonna spend um, our instead of like spending money on alcohol, we're gonna spend that money on ice. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, you know I love that. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna make sure we're gonna make sure it's cold because we're also gonna be outside. Or okay. we just have the wedding in November outside and we don't worry about Ooh, ice. Okay. Okay. They, they wanted a summer wedding. Yeah. The music's gonna be played off someone's iPod. Yep. So we'll Smart. just have like a you know a, a, a plugged in speaker or whatever. Yep. Um. So I think what this allows us to do spend most of our our money on. You're probably only about a hundred bucks in so far. Yes. A ton of ice and. Uh, 
and and the space at ten dollars an hour. We're gonna try and get some some decent some decent food. It's outdoors, so I'm gonna get a food truck. And I'm going to say like, hey, what would it cost for you guys to serve whatever it is on your menu? Give me like an hour, maybe two hours of like of whatever it is that that you serve. So if you're a taco truck or if you're a sandwich truck or whatever, like we're we're going to say like you you figure out how many Italian beefs you think we'll go through. We're going to have a fairly limited guest list, you know, maybe 80 people. Okay. Or something like that. So we'll try and keep our guest list down. But what would 80 sandwiches, you know, run? If it's, you know, sweetheart deal, five bucks a sandwich or something like that, six bucks a sandwich, we're blowing 400 to 500 bucks nice. on the So grub. you're just going to pull the food truck up like to the yep. back of the property yep. and, and set it up. What are you doing for decoration and things like that? Minimal, baby. Yeah. Minimal. I'm, I'm, I'm scouting, I'm scouting local cemeteries, grabbing all the left flowers I can find. <laughs> 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 He'll go the extra mile. Yeah, you, you know what it is. If, to be your wedding planner. If if I'm like a really truly, if like I'm a, if I'm this is my business, I'm a wedding planner. I'm going to see if I can put this wedding the day after another big wedding. Oh yeah, no, that's cheating. And then I'm going to have all of their. <laughs> All of their leftover flowers. I'm right. gonna talk people into leaving the centerpieces. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that. But I think what we, what you can do is 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 almost like um, hay bales and leaves and yep. stuff like that. Stuff that I might be able to find for cheap or next to next to nothing. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna bring these guys in at about seven hundred bucks. I'm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you just have like three hundred dollars to uh, you give every every one of your guests twelve bucks. And say like, hey, thanks, thanks, thanks a ton for oh, coming. Wow, We'd love you to remember this this night fondly. Yeah, you're twelve dollars. No <laughs> gifts. We'll give you twelve dollars. <laughs> uh, so uh, at uh, Andy Sinclair and Daniel Danielle uh, Ularks wedding, uh, they had a like beautiful uh, wedding uh, out at a vineyard at, near L.A. It was awesome. But uh, the night before, they they were smart about they they. They figured out like they they rented this cool place, but it was more of like a, you know, just kind of a event space, I guess, a little bit. But it had a parking lot up against the back. And the way they saved a bunch of money on on that evening was they did the, the food truck. And like everyone was like, I, I love this food. Oh, truck. it's great. Yeah. And I've been to now, I think only two. Uh, like one wedding reception that had a food truck. And then that was the, the um, rehearsal dinner night that had a food, food truck. And I, I just think that's a great idea yeah. generally and certainly cost effective vis-a-vis. I always think like one of the biggest waste is those sit down. Di- I'm a buffet uh-huh. guy over the sit down dinner yeah. uh, for most weddings. And I feel like the sit down dinner, you're, you're always paying. Of course you're paying, I was assume less than the buffet, but I don't know. But in any case, I feel like you're almost always overpaying for what you get. Uh, Cause I can count on one hand, the number of times where I was like, what a great, sit down wedding dinner uh-huh. this i hear you i hear i i think maybe a- and if you think it was your wedding that's one of the five i promise it was <laughs> i promise it was <laughs> you know i'm saying I, that to everybody not I, to you i think as you get older too Yours like the dinner the dinner <laughs> becomes like a real important part that we're yeah. like I've never, I've yet to reach the age where like I give a rat's ass what the dinner was was like. Uh, okay. mo- certainly, when I was younger, it was like, hey, open bar for four hours. Right. Like I don't care what the hell the dinner, what you know, what we're eating or like yeah. great. And I've always like re- preferred to like 
oh, there's a great dance floor and super uh, nice, cu- nicely curated music here. You yeah. know, like we're getting around YMCA and ditch and celebrate and like, you know, ooh, proud Mary. Co- no, I hear you. I no, know. No. I know that's really good. Let's just go back into the scenario <laughs> so we, we, okay. we don't get All into right. this fight. All right. Uh, whew, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's pretty upsetting there. But uh, I do. I do. I, I when I was especially in my like early mid twenties and would go to weddings and that was the early part of my my historical life wedding tour. I did care a lot about the buffet <laughs> versus the sit down dinner because I I didn't like how the sit down dinner ate into the evening. Yeah, no pun intended. But but now I don't care as much about that. I'm I'm pretty much just as happy with the sit down dinner because it used to be like. In the old days, when the wedding finished was finishing up, I was like, "Oh, I mean, I can't even believe it." Let's get going, and now I'm kind of like, "All right, good, <laughs> good, glad we're done there." All right, but now, uh, anyway, I've, I've blow it out. Let's talk about your million dollar no. wedding. So, like, where are you focusing cash when you have basically unlimited cash? And here's one thing I thought for the other wedding too, because I didn't count for dessert. It's gonna be we're gonna get like however many guests there are individually wrapped to those hostess uh, fruit pies. Okay. Um, Apple, uh, lemon, chocolate, and cherry individually wrapped Hostess fruit pies. Those are those are excellent. I think a hundred dollars worth of Krispy Kreme donuts would go a long way. Yeah. So that's probably what I would do for my if if I if I was doing my thousand. I'm you. not going to do my whole thousand yep. dollar wedding, but I I do think like. I might try to get just a, a big pile of Krispy Kreme donuts. One other thing I can do on the cheap here too is ideally try and find a location at this at this place where we can have a fire. Um, so have it later in the day, and then have a nice thing where people sit around sit around the fire, and maybe there's just like apple cider or something which we can all do on the cheap. Okay. Um, so to blow it out, first of all, my first thought went like, I'm getting a celebrity band. We're getting Jay Ooh. Giles in here or Love something it. like that, but we're gonna get a full, an actual celebrity celebrity yeah. band. So you're, you're getting like. A hundred to two hundred thousand dollars probably already up for full out. Yeah. Okay. And and then and even if they play for an hour, then I can get just a regular a regular like wedding band to play the rest of the night for dancing and stuff like that. That's so there'll probably be two bands, two bands going. Okay. There might even be a small like um because uh, I because I I'm gonna dump a bunch of money on the venue. You know, like yeah. if if it's not something like the um, Adler Planetarium, then it's something on those, on that level. Okay. So we're going to do a, like a, a Bafo, Bafo venue. I'm just going to throw this out. What if you had two different stages yep. far enough apart yep. that you could have a, like a DJ style, not a DJ, mm-hmm. but, but a band that plays the greatest hits, yep. you know, the kind of classic wedding songs. And then also like a soul band, which I know you're going to want, yeah. or like a funk band that's doing their own style. And so people can kind of say, Hey, I, I like a different, a different style. That'd be band. awesome, man. If I just, I'll just get Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo to just DJ at one end, you <laughs> know, you like, go. and depending on their tastes, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't know what, whatever their flavor is. I might also have just a little, um, a little funky jazz ensemble playing during the cocktail hour. Oh, uh, you know, sure. you got the money too. So it's open, obviously open bar. Um, these, these, and people- what, what drinks that you might not normally, uh, have available, if any, are, are there for a con- total blow it out wedding? What's just below? Well, no, we don't even have to go. Johnny Walker Blue. There you go. You know, and then we'll go the older, you know, like a Jameson 20, what do they go by? Sevens, 28, I think, or 24. Um, 
and uh, and and I think also just like a great microbrew from as close to where this place is actually from wherever the venue is. So nice. if it's you know if it's up in Wisconsin, get a you know like a nice New Glarus or something. Okay, brew yeah, uh, microbrew going. Probably maybe on tap even if we can get it. You know, get them to bring in a barrel. Um, I mean, you could probably get them to ride in on like a wagon yeah. with a gigantic <laughs> barrel, and then like drop an axe into the back of it, tap it, and have it be a full Wisconsin experience. There'll be a, a well cared for animal, some sort of uh, exotic animal here that people can take their their pictures with. Okay. So you can like actually hold a koala and Ooh. get and get pictures taken with sure. instead of like. Oh, you get this, you know, goofy hat and a boa and a mustache on right. a stick to hold in front for all these pictures. You can actually get a picture with like a tiger cub or, right. you know, or like a yeah koala bear or something like that. You okay, know? so that'll be fun. Um, food's no object, so we're gonna have we're gonna go around the world. Um, there'll be a Mediterranean eating station, Italian, uh, Chinese. There'll be some sushi. So we're doing like a, a buffet style, but with yeah. like. High quality chefs work, yeah. working the actual sushi stations. chef rolling, oh, rolling yes. in front, you know, yes. like so, like a build your own roll kind of kind of thing. Amazing. It's gonna be, a, it's gonna take some time, but you have a lot to keep you busy, right. you know. Um, and we'll probably end, we'll probably end this with like a, uh, we'll go into the night on this one too and have an outdoor fireworks explosion oh. that is um, soundtracked by the band by the big time band that's great so that's that's off the top of that's off the top of my head and obviously an elaborate cake for this one you know like i think with this one you're gonna want like a a cake with moving parts to it some sort of rotation or (laughs) oh yeah elevate like game of thrones (laughs) like the game of thrones entrance like uh introduction song you have like that sort of stuff going on with the cake and like that could be your fascination of like how watches work and so you could have a mechanical cake that does all sorts of cool stuff some sort of uh, turducken style with wagyu beef, uh, oh. king crab, king crab legs, oh, no. and, yeah. and, and, and delicious cake. <laughs> yeah, uh. and duck. Yeah, see, that's uh, we'll where, that's where you're, yeah, you're running into. It, it's getting too much. That, yeah. That's yeah. That's just. But I have to spend this money, right? But you I don't, don't want know what it, I'm at. But. but you don't want the money to undercut the quality you know because you're everyone gets a honus wagner baseball card (laughs) that's what your name is written your table assignments written on a honus wagner baseball card (laughs) it would be cool it would be cool if you said we're gonna take um there's a hundred guests right let's just say or no i mean it's a million dollar way there's 300 guests and so you're gonna take three uh hundred and fifty thousand dollars of your million dollar allocation, and you're going to spend one hundred and fifty dollars on average per person, leaving them a table favor that, mm-hmm. that's something special for them. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty. That cool. would be that would be. So, very like, cool. I get there and I get like a, a signed photograph from Federer, or I get right. a uh, tennis racket, or you know, whatever. Or a it might board be. game in a wooden, like in a wooden case, or right. something. You know, real, you know, some hard yeah. to find. God, would that uh, take forever, man? Buying. Oh, for oh, sure, my for sure. Oh, so that's off the top of my. I might go into wedding planning. I think I did a pretty yeah, bang up, well. pretty yeah. bang up job on that. And I've been looking for an excuse to use my hookup with Jay Giles. Yeah, <laughs> and I will tell you, um, you know, a, a lot of people would be like, you know, what would be the interesting thing is that I'd like the thousand dollar wedding, and I'm like, no, 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 yeah, I would much rather go to this million dollar way. I'm just. There's no doubt about it. I'm, I'm not going to use this as 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 an official situation, but since I'm already in the role of 
wedding planner. And yeah. I did have one where I wanted to ask you something like this. We'll just spend a minute here. I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five, six different, six different categories okay. that I would have on my classic wedding planner sheet. And I want you to put this, put these in order of what is the highest priority Got for it. you. So I'll just yep. run you through it one time. Okay. So here's the situation. Put these in order. This is not my official one. I'm right. going to ask you. A bit We're going to, you're going to get another one right after this. Here's, here's what they are. Venue, uh-huh. dinner, yep. alcohol, bar, yep. band, music, yep. dessert, and then decorations, flowers, lighting. Okay. Uh, most important for me is the band. Okay. Uh, Great. Which may surprise you, but that is for me. I, I think having a really good live band, here, here's what I always say on this, is I would prefer a band to a DJ. However, the average DJ is better yep. than the average band, Yep. but the really good band yep. is Super memorable. We had a, phen- a phenomenal one at, at our wedding. You really Expo did. Expo seventy six. Uh, they were, were tremendous. They were great, yep. and that's that is memorable. Yep. Okay, a really good DJ is super fun, I hear and you. everyone will will have a better time than they will at a band that only plays a certain type, and people can't get into it or whatever. But uh, so that's probably my number one. I'm going to say number two for reception is going to be. I mean. B- Look, bar is a tough one because um, if there's no alcohol, yep. that's number one. I mean, yep. I have to have alcohol at the at the wedding. And if you don't have a bar, but I, I can't tell you the last time I went to a wedding that did not have alcohol available. Right. And I don't care. I mean, I do care. I would prefer it to be open bar than me having to pay. But, you know, because 90% of the weddings I've been to are open bar, that's going to rate lower because I, I certainly don't care that much about is the quality of yep. the IPA or right. the, you know, whatever, like I'm there to drink, you know, a few beers and some gin and tonics if it's the summer and whatever. Uh, so that one's not gonna be as high. I think venue is probably really important, but I'm, I'm kind of in between venue and food for number two. Okay. Uh, so the other one would be three last for me is going to be decorations. Okay. I, I just, I don't have really an eye for it. Okay. I don't think. Um, and, and no, I mean, no dessert is last. I don't okay. care. Yeah. Uh, you know, that gives uh, me enough to work with. Yeah, that, that's what I would do. So desserts at the bottom, decorations. Then I'll say bar. Then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, uh, look, I'm gonna say food three because like a spectacular venue, a spectacular venue is the only thing that would that would rival a, a band in my view. Great. Like if you, I've been to some right. weddings where, you know, you you have this. I mean. That's probably the most memorable thing is a great venue. So anyway, that, that's where I come out. So if I'm starting your wedding, I'm going to get you. I'm going to organize the living members of Cream to come back. And yeah, then you guys yeah. just eat bulk pudding for, for dessert. Uh, yeah, no dessert would be great. fine. You get the living members of Cream. We do it in uh, Santa Barbara. Okay. okay? Yeah. And, uh, and I don't even and care it's if it's a 10-gallon drum with shared spoons of yeah. uh, butterscotch pudding out of a... <laughs> For dinner. Plastic. Yeah. For dinner. That's fine. All right, Rush. Here's the situation. And I know how highly uh, you regard this this subject matter. Okay. So uh, so I, I, I wanted your thoughts on it. All right. Um, you are asked by your brother or your very best unmarried friend yeah. to do to do the best man speech okay. at, at the wedding. Got cool. it. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so you you sit down to to plot it out. Yes. And I don't need any specifics from it, but what I basically want is the outline of how you would piece this 
thing together, the the elements that you want to have in there that um, don't need to be specific, but basically like length, you know, is there a personal anecdote, you know, uh, joke, where, where do you want to do it? How do you want to ride it out? So basically just chart your, your ideal best man speech. And I know that you think delivering a fine best man's toast or, or a toast in general is, uh, is worthy of your personal walk of fame, I believe. Right. The, yeah. The, I think it's yeah. important. I, I have very strong views on this subject. Yes. <laughs> so I think that, I think there is a, a, look, there's a formula, but first and foremost, like you gotta, you gotta mean it, you gotta believe it or else it's just not going to come off. Right. So, you know, if, if you're a best man, you, 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 you should keep it shorter and not do some of the things I'm going to say. If you don't have like, uh, if, if you don't have, if you're not feeling it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or if it's just not in you, if, it's probably like very few people have probably chosen to be a best man that aren't like, I love this guy. I'd, I'd walk through a wall for mm-hmm. him or, or chosen to give, you know, a major toast at a wedding that don't believe that. But if, if, you know, any of this stuff is stuff that you feel uncomfortable doing, okay. shouldn't do it because that's going to show up. But my views on the, on the wedding toast, especially a best man toast, there are several things you have to do and several things you cannot do. And, and, you know, Rules are made for there to be exceptions. So, of course, there could be some exceptions to this. And I do think that a 10 out of 10 best man speech might just violate all these rules altogether and do something totally original and crazy. It might go really long. It might do it might, you know, involve a theme and all this other stuff. Most of the time, though, that is going to just suck. Yeah. Like that is that's going to be a high degree of difficulty dive. And you're and you're going to splash more often than you're going to nail the ones that border on roast are real, real delicate, real delicate. dive. (laughs) number one rule, number one rule of the wedding toast is the audience of your toast is the parents of the bride and groom. Okay. In terms of when you think about the 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 sty- the the jokes you're going to do, the level of uh inside joke mm-hmm. or inside storytelling you're going to do. Ricky and I were so baked one time. Yeah. Skip that. Skip so that. if it's anything that you think the parents wouldn't enjoy or the parents wouldn't understand, then you are you're either being too crass or you're being uh too specific and and you're not like you're not incorporating everybody, mm-hmm. okay? And you might say, "Well, wait a second, Rush. Like, it's not for everybody. It's for the for the bride and groom." But that's not entirely true. Like, you're there. It's a shared mm-hmm. experience. And also, the stuff that's going to be the best about the bride and groom is going to be the stuff that touches the most people in the room about it. Because what you really want is you want to remind everybody about how how important this these people are to their lives and their union is to, to your life. So that's why I say your target audience is, is really the, the parents. Nice rule of thumb. Okay. Then there are a few things you, you must do. You must thank the, uh, whoever's providing, I mean, for the most part, you, you just must thank the parents of, of the groom and the parents of the bride because, you know, they've all got you out there. Uh, they have gone through hell and back putting all of this stuff together the, uh, you know, either the bride and groom have or, or their parents have as well. And even if the parents haven't paid for it, I don't care. The parents are like, if they're there, it's an important part of, of this overall experience. And you thank them. In this toast that you're building, do you get that out of the way near the top? Yeah, right off the it top. Some the housekeeping. Top. Okay. It Great. is the top thing Great. that you do. Because for one thing, you don't want to forget it. Yeah. You start with that. You end with a toast. Okay. Okay. Then the r- rest of the toast is... 
you are allowed at most probably like seven, eight minutes. Okay. Now, maybe it drifts into 12 if you've getting, if you, you know, for, for a couple different reasons, like you got to be hot though. You got to be hot. If you're going to go, if you're going to stretch that, if you're good at it though, you can, you can, you can build off prior toast Mm -hmm. because remember that's going to be the best inside joke of, of all, because everyone was there for the prior toast. So if you can do something, common base of knowledge on that that references that does a callback or something like that without embarrassing any of the previous, can't embarrass anybody, of course, (laughs) except for, except for like the groom, right. Or the bride, whoever you're very close, but of the previous toast givers, you can't like, Hey, here's, now, this toast would have been better. Well, uh, you Bill, don't say that. Our friend Bill Baylor um, had this uh, amazing idea one time that he wanted to go to open mics, and his name was gonna. He was gonna introduce himself. His name was Bernie Bridges. Okay. And he was gonna go up real late in the night, and then just go back and do other people's material, but improve it from oh, how God. they how they delivered it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Bernie, Bernie Bridges. Bernie Bridges. I like it. Uh, so I'm sorry. So we're, no, no. We've gotten the thanks out of the way. Yeah, you do the thanks. Okay, then you talk about. Uh, your experiences with the person that you're there, you know, that, that is your, your connection, which okay. nine times out of 10, you're going to have a stronger connection to one than the other. Right. How soon are you looking to get a laugh in here? Uh, early, early. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So somewhere in this recollection of the, your relationship with the groom, more than likely, yeah, you're looking I, I'm to get probably a... going to do the following. If I had to just straight up chart it, yep. thank the, thank the parents, thank the parents, uh, you know, thank set parents one, thank yep. set of parents two, mm-hmm. thank the bride and groom. Lead with some sort of joke that's relevant. Great. Then talk about my shared experiences with the uh, with the groom. Okay. Uh, and that you're going to move from humor to heart. Yep. Okay. So I you start you. funny, finish with something sincere from the heart about them. You then must pivot to talking about the bride. Yeah. You're going to talk about right. um, whatever shared experiences you have with her, and then. And then it's most important because you're not there just for the groom and you're not there just for the bride. You're there for the union. So you must talk about them as a couple. Yeah. Right. And you must I talk about what you see that's special about them as a couple. Um, and you need not linger on that in, uh, with a particularly long amount of time, but it must hit. Yeah. It must be. You must think hard about that. What is it about the thing? Now, now, an ideal wedding toast is going to have some sort of through line, some sort of theme, some sort of message where like you, Star Wars. Yes, it, it, it's got to be just like Star Wars. And <laughs> no, it, I mean, th- like a theme. Like, pew, he's like, he's like a Boba Fett, you yes. know? And, and the way they love each other is like Lando and Han, where... <laughs> you're right, right, exactly. Or you're like, you know, I met this guy through baseball, and then you finish with like, and now he's finally thrown the perfect game. You know what I mean? It's got to be, like, the theme has to connect. It doesn't have to, but it's nice, because then people will remember, oh, you did that. Because, again, you, all you're trying to do is celebrate these folks. It's not about you. Like one thing I don't like is um, if you're doing too many jokes or you're doing too many anecdotes about you and the groom, then, you know, it it can be a little bit about you because that's how you're going to connect. And that's how you're going to make, make it clear that you, you know, how you fit in and why you're talking. Why you got the job. Yeah. (laughs) But, but it can't, it really can't be much about you. Right. And, and so then, so you, you go with, like I said, humor into heart and then you go from, uh, you, you know, your, your, your friend to the couple and then you finish with, um, if you can tie up a theme, that's terrific. But regardless, you finish with a heartfelt toast, uh, and and that's it. Great. Okay. So you, you, as long as you hit all those things, you can move things around in the order a little bit. But uh, a couple other little rules I would have 
Um, no more than three funny anecdotes. Okay. So if yeah. you got, You're if not you doing got a set, don't care if you got four. Yeah. If if you got four that you like, choose three of them. Uh, no more than, you know, no more than fifty percent of the speech before you. Um, well, that's not right. No more than seventy five percent of the speech before you transition in off of the groom, if that's your friend, gotcha. and into the the bride and the couple. Doesn't have to be 50-50. It's probably going to come off as false if it's 50-50. Yeah. Um, the chances are you don't know her as well. Yeah, you yeah, almost totally never do, right? Like, I, I can't, I'm not even sure I can think of a scenario where I, I, I did. But anyway, that that's that's kind of how I think about it. Um, a couple of people I know that are great wedding toasters, my friend Clark Lordson. He has very strong opinions on this. A lot of my thoughts were developed over time <laughs> talking with Clark about, you know, what, and Clark is like, He's got a good sense of humor, but he's not like he, he's he's not going to be up there telling a bunch of jokes. Yeah, but he's but he's going to be smart about. It. He's going to be you know surgical, but he's also he just ha- he just has a very good sense of public speaking and understanding what is right for the situation. And he's like he's the one I remember like I, I was like man, there was something off about that wedding toast, and he was like, yeah, I'll tell you, there's three things that were <laughs> off about it. One is they didn't think the the parents of the groom. <laughs> who put our dinner together last night. And so that's unacceptable Two, They did, they did an entire story that only like one eighth of the people in this room understood. And I was like, right, exactly. Yeah. So that was in my learning days. Uh, Joe Kelly, another guy who's a tremendous uh, toaster. I've talked about many times with like what, what you need to think about for this. And like Joe is, is a phenomenal writer wrote for Saturday night live and how I met your mother and many other TV shows. But what Joe has is he he thinks about things like I, I think kind of very analytically too in terms of structure, you know. Uh-huh. And so and so he and I have shared a lot of thoughts about how you put a wedding toast together for that. There there are there are people like Andy St. Clair who is just hilarious. Yeah. Who I would say, Andy, you just do whatever you're going to do yeah, on the toast, it. right? I like I'm not going to tell I Andy how to yeah. how to try to do his toast because it's going to be totally different and wonderful and so forth. But my guide that I just gave is for someone who is like a decent speaker who wants like some 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 guardrails for like how to knock out a good wedding toast that's going to be seven to ten minutes. You know, that's little my, starter little starter view. kit for your you know that's that's Rush Howell's kit for my very first very first best man speech. That's right. Here's that, some here's some bumpers that's on the in the uh, in the in the alleys for you in the gutters. Some bumpers to keep you out of there. <laughs> there you go. All right. Sorry. I can't really keep I knew you'd be fired that. up. I, really I knew you'd be fired up. Get going on that. All right. Uh why don't we do one from a listener? Okay. okay. Great. This is from friend of uh uh the podcast. Don't remember um specifically the wedding toast f- uh, for this man, but I, but we do know him well. Okay. Uh, that is Bill Arnett. I love me some Bill Arnett. Uh, as do I. Uh here's the situation. You have a magical cell phone that can only send and receive text messages to and from yourself in the future. Okay. There are two catches. One, the time difference between you and future you is always the same. Could be one year ahead, future you. Could be 10 Ah. seconds ahead, future you. But once you pick the time shift, it can't be changed. Catch number two, inexplicably... Lottery numbers, sports outcomes, stock prices, and other things you can gamble or trade on occur independently in each world. Okay. So, Bill asks, what time shift would mm, you use? Interesting. And what kind of things do you think you text about mm. with future you? Is this also some way where I can figure out my death date? 
Because if I put this thing like 25 years in the future and I get no answers, do I know I'm do I know I'm dead? Probably. Okay. So I'm gonna wow. If I put it 10 days in the future and we talk every day, I'll know exactly what day I die. Yeah, probably within Damn. 10 days. If you're texting every day. Damn. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, you may not want to open this can of worms. I hear you. <laughs> this does. This seems like a Mark and Jay Duplass movie, by the way. <laughs> like the, the magic cell phone that allows this. Is this. definitely something I would have liked to have had when I was like 25, too, and I didn't know, like, stupid and didn't know anything not that i'm brilliant now but i feel like i i get a little bit more about how like life works so yeah. like my wisdom 10 years from now i imagine will be a little bit more but not as different as it would have been when i was 25 talking to a 45 year old me sure. you know um i don't know 10 years seems about right to me right now okay 10 years i think that gives enough enough distance without being like an old old man um and, you know, who knows? I could, uh, uh, well, I want to have it while I'm still uh, right in my head, which, you know, maybe 10 years from now I won't be. But if I go 30 years from now, uh, I could be a doddering old fool and I just get like a bunch of like gobbledygook back to me. Like, yeah, you could. Hey, lady, be you, you know, like, uh, <laughs> That'd be I don't want to talk to me. <laughs> I guess you're doing text to speech <laughs> with that one. <laughs> just L A D Y B B B L N L L L E. You're just watching Joe. <laughs> um, I think so. I would put it ten years in the future, and I think it would kind of be. I, I guess it would be really like unremarkable. Like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> how's how's what's what's uh, what what was today like? Um, I, I think it would be like that kind of stuff. Like, you having fun? What uh, what are you doing? Like, what 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 are you, what are you doing for work? What's uh, and you'd want to know? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, especially if I was happy. Like, also, I mean, I, I'm i guessing in a way, I'm assuming in a way that I'm not, well, if I'm locked into it, am I locked into it, that future? Well, so I if, if I say, like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm teaching it. I'm I'm teaching at well, Carnegie Mellon. Do you like it? No. I hate yeah, it. You've now opened the uh, fate versus free will debate. Yeah. But I, I mean, presumably, you might be able to take steps to change the timeline right we go back to the right. future it you know and so maybe maybe you could use it as like a uh, uh what's the what's the word but it, you know you could use it as a way to to calibrate what you ought to do yeah so then i would want to know you know as if it's like hey i'm doing this and i'm happy every day then like i definitely want to know that right. and if it was like no it sucks then i'm like i definitely want to know that do you feel too. weird about like murdering future you if <laughs> If if he says if he's like I, I'm on the lamb because I, I I committed a double murder and I'm, I'm actually saying, like hold no, up right now. But if he says you know ah I hate my life I'm uh, out here uh, doing X Y and Z and you're like oh my god that sounds terrible I'm gonna make sure I take steps for that not to occur then presumably the way you know movie time travel at least works right. that that's gonna end that guy's life and then the next time you talk to future you you're gonna hit him in a different <laughs> in a different plane. How would if I ask him this like? Hey, how's that scar? And then I write back like, "What scar?" And then I just cut my arm, Ooh. you know, like that one, you know, like there could be some really that's really... like Looper, yeah, <laughs> is it? Yeah, that was that 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 exact uh, more or less scene is in is in Looper. Really, which I thought it was a really good movie, by the way. Although I ha I never watched it twice, so maybe 
maybe I won't like it as much as I did. But in the theater, I enjoyed it. I think our I think our conversations for the most part would be stunningly mon- mundane. It, but the one thing I would want to know is like uh, about like the environment, like because. Beth and I are considering, you know, um, a move out of out of Chicago, and then, but I would like to know, like, hey, is uh, uh, Pittsburgh underwater, or you know, like uh, any zombie outbreaks (laughs) anywhere in the nation I should know about? Like, what's what's the big, you know, has has the uh, as like the economy as we know it, has it collapsed? Are we like now trading? Fresh water. That for- one I don't think he's allowed to give you <laughs> uh, because then you would it, it, that would impact your ability to invest in the stock market. But, oh, okay. But even I think, if I don't use it for that, even if I promise myself I'm not going to use it for it that, use, it doesn't matter. Like it would be different. It, it for like Bill said for some reason inexplicably that that's not set for sure. So I mean, look, there's probably some holes in, in how it all works, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. But so you'd think like ten years. And kind of use them to check in on yeah. how things go and help it to shape your life a little bit. Yeah, kind of to know if I'm on the right path now in a way of like, you know, if what I'm doing to try and for like my self-care and my my mind and my spirit and stuff like that. Am I on the, you know, am I on the right road? And yeah. for perhaps like occupational advice in the in the future. Yes. Yeah. Um, I won't go into too much other than to say I had two thoughts about the length of time. The first was I thought maybe like a month is good because... I want it to be something where my memory is still sharp on everything more or less that's gotcha. occurred between uh, the two times that, that we're conversing. Because if I ask something about blah, 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 that's 10 years away, um, I, I may be like, I don't really remember exactly. I can't really advise you. Um, the other thought I have was four years. I feel like maybe it's because high school is four years and college gotcha. is four years. And then I did four years in between. Years. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I did four years in between college and law school. And then law school was three, but you know, I kind of feel like four year chunks are a decent way to look at the, the history of my life. And so, you know, at each point after, after four years, that's enough time that's gone by that there's going to have been significant change. Yeah. And I'd be interested in what, what he's got to say. Nice. Hey Rush, I'm going to counter with a, uh, a listener, um, situation right. and I, I've, I've Jerry rigged it a little bit, so I hope he's not, I hope he's not upset by it, but I've changed a, some of the details. I think the heart of it is still there and we've been doing short shrift to the ghosts part of our wedding ghosts. So here's, that is true. here's how we can get into here. I think this is from Ben McVicker. And like I said, Ben, I hope the, the heart of your, the heart of your, um, situation is still in here. Rush, here's the situation. You're hanging down in New Orleans and you wander off the quarter to a spooky little street and you see a sign outside of a pub that says most haunted bar in the world. Okay. Cool. You decide to walk in, like you're intrigued. Sure. And you walk up walk up to the uh, to the bar and the bartender says, What what'll what'll you have and with who? And you're like, What? Uh, I'm not sure. He goes, Oh, oh, you, you haven't been here before. Great. Um, every ghost in the uh, every ghost in the world hangs out here. Okay. And what I'd like you to know, what I'd like you to do, is to um, decide basically who you want to have this drink with. What what dead person? Got to be dead. Um, what uh, what person do you want to hang with? And I want you to try and perfectly pair the right beverage for the mm. ghost you're going to be hanging with. So what'll you have and with who? Uh, the first thought that comes to mind is I'd love to have a, uh, uh, an old, an old fashioned Mm -hmm. with, uh, my grandfather, my, my mom's father, pop. That was his bevy? 
uh, he had he he drank a bunch of different stuff, and I always remembered like you know he 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 had an old fashioned. I didn't know what it was, yep. and I I didn't I didn't drink until pretty late, and and I didn't drink ever alcohol until I was uh, eighteen, and um I he but he had I just remember he he had a bar. And, you know, we had a bar in my house. Neither my mom nor my dad mm-hmm. drinks much. And so we would have a bar that just collects dust. Yeah. We like had I, the same in our house. For a while, we had one in our living room, like a padded bar rail yeah. bar thing that was probably eight foot, eight foot long. Right. And never got used. It had a lamp on it. And <laughs> there used to be things back uh, when, when we were kids where they'd be like, oh, this isn't like a, an actual like uh, this, this small statue of a English cop. Actually, you pull off his hat and you can put booze in the in, oh, the, in the hole there. Or like there was a lot more like sculpture or lamps based on nice. winos <laughs> leaning against a, a gaslight pole and right. stuff like that. You know, a lot, of, um, a lot of like drunk people when they burp, like a bubble coming out of their mm-hmm. out of their mouths. There doesn't seem to be so many of those no. anymore. <laughs> the, the bar that my grandparents. Had, so my my grandfather was a uh, he, he ran an insurance company. But he was always um, at heart an architect, and he and he was an architect on on the side. He was kind of one of these uh, Renaissance men type guys, where you know he knew how to fly a plane and wow. shoot a gun. If and, someone can be an architect on the side, yeah, you yeah. qualify as a Renaissance person, right? So and, you know he would build. I mean, he built his own houses, and he would build. Uh, he would do all the plans for his children if they got like a. Uh, an extension onto a home that they bought or whatever else, you know, Draw it all up. Uh, and, and, but he had, he had specific things that he liked. And so the type of bar that he, and he, he drank a lot and the type of bar that he liked was you would have a ha- a little hallway in between two rooms. And as you walk through the hallway on either side, and, and I mean, not more than five feet, but on on either side was a bunch of glassware and uh and the alcohol oh, sure. was sitting on there okay and so it was like a little I don't know exactly why that was the way that he liked to do bars but that's man how he sometimes liked to do you it. can't get from the living room to the kitchen without having a pop that's you right, know man. like hey if I'm deal. dealing with whatever's going on in the kitchen right now yeah. I want to I want some but <laughs> some he, slow gin and some dry vermouth I just remember he he would always have these decanters and then they would have these like dog tag like name tags on them and <laughs> yeah, it'd be like sure. vodka right gin you know whatever and and uh so i, I just kind of thought of that as a bar so but but i you know i miss my grandfather and i would uh i would enjoy uh i, I would enjoy getting to have a chance to talk to him at at my older age now um and having you know had more life experiences and and being able to catch up with him when he was you know closer to the age i am now yeah. or whatever it would be if you um, had to choose someone of historical renown or fame, is there anyone that pops to mind that you'd um, and a beverage that would be right for that for that person? Mm, I probably I probably enjoy having uh, like a I don't know what he would drink, but I loved Payne Stewart so much as oh, a kid yeah. that I would enjoy uh, you know finally getting to meet him. Yeah. I mean, I did meet him. And it was funny because we used to have professional athletes at my house all the time because my dad was a sports agent and he one of his clients was like Emmett Smith. <laughs> so I, when Emmett Smith would come over, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's Emmett." <laughs> but when I met Payne Stewart, I was like frozen. <laughs> and my buddy Pat Eskew met him with me, and Pat like didn't like Payne Stewart, and uh, and and we were at the we were at the Masters and just walking through this area, and Payne Stewart's there, and. Uh, 
and, and I, I froze and, and Pat turned and Pat's like, what are you doing? This is your like hero. So he's like, Hey Payne, we're big fans. Come over here. Big fans. And, and I just sat there and like shook his hand, you know, for a couple of seconds. And then Pat, like Pat, you know, the tell, guy didn't tells like. a, yeah, it, it, Pat takes a couple of, now get the stories. fuck out of here. Payne Stewart. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, I, 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 I would like a second chance. At he that feels one. like a clear liquor guy to me. Uh, Pain feels like, feels like a clear liquor guy. I think he's probably a beer drinker. Yeah, to be honest, I, I think he probably, you know, would just would just have a few beers. But Domestic, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a Missouri guy. Maybe that's why I'm thinking of okay. Anheuser Busch. I'm trying to think though, in terms of like greatest story. I mean, of course, I would love to have a drink with George Washington yeah. or Abraham Lincoln or Martin Luther King. I mean, you know, anybody who is one of the great thinkers leaders um you know whether they're american or not historically of course and uh but there's not like i'm you know there's there's people like i have a bunch of friends who are like they just love winston churchill (laughs) i mean like over the top love for winston (laughs) churchill or have read 17 george washington biographies uh i don't have like a favorite historical figure but i mean i would go to that bar 300 nights in a row and just pick different people and pick their brains about, I mean, I would love to talk to, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alan Turing. I would love to talk to Steve Jobs. I would love to talk to, uh, you know, Florence Nightingale. I would love, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like that movie. It's not the greatest movie, but the concept is so interesting. That midnight in Paris movie with Uh Woody Allen. Never saw it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's like, uh, uh, Wes, what's his name? Anderson? No, the, oh. uh, the the actor, Owen Wilson, oh, no. who's always oh, yeah. in the West oh, Anderson right, movie, yeah. sorry. Uh, but so it's Owen Wilson, and he, he it's, an, it's you know, whatever, like obviously Woody Allen is a, there's some problems there, and so maybe <laughs> yeah. like it's just better not to watch Woody Allen movies. But it, it was an interesting concept because Owen Wilson, it's all about like nostalgia and like believing you, you kind of don't live in the most interesting time, right? So... But he he's just in Paris and like magically he he can take this cab that takes him back to like the days of Ernest Hemingway and and uh, Gertrude Stein and and so forth and so on and and that's his that's the greatest time in history in his view and so he goes and he gets to hang out with all of these people and he and he falls in kind of in love with one of them but then then he and she go back like 60 years before that to a time she thought was really cool. And he's like, well, but this, I don't, you live in the cool time, you know? And so it's, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thought experiment. So anyway, I thought I would, uh, was like, oh, I'm going to talk with Harper Lee. And I, I think of her as a clear liquor person. I don't know why, Ooh, but yeah, like a gin. Lee, yeah. yeah. And, but I just, now I thought like, oh man, it'd be great to have a martini with Groucho Marx. Mm. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That'd be a fun guy to have a pop with, you know, like sit at a bar and chat. Well, I'm just waiting for Letterman to die. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Right. I'm living in New Orleans until Letterman passes. And that's just a frosty mug right there, right? That's a well, that's a Bud Light or something like that, I'm yeah. guessing. Or, that yeah. would be such a massive highlight. You know, another one I would love is I'd love to have a, uh, I don't know what the drink would be. Maybe you have a thought on it, but I'd love to have a drink with Phil Hartman. Oh, yeah. I just always... For me, he's he's in the triumvirate of the greatest. Well, I don't know if it's three. Maybe he's in the, he's in like the four greatest SNL people of all time. Yeah, and uh, and I don't know if uh, probably a lot of people would have him there, but he's 
He's certainly less famous than most of the ones that did really well. It'd be but... fun to have a boisterous drink with Phil Hartman, like a uh, like a a mai tai or a zombie or uh, you know like like a tiki a tiki kind of beverage you, with him. I think that'd be every fun. time. I rarely go to the tiki bar, <laughs> but when I do, and I think it's because I'm I'm only in the mood to go every so often. But when I do. I have a good time at yeah. the tiki bar. Like, I don't know if it's rum drinks make me happy, whereas like gin drinks tend to make me angry, but whatever. That's kind of a kid in a candy store kind of kind of version when you go to the tiki bar. You know, like there's something yeah. in every flavor. There's there's fruit and sweets on it. You can get an interesting cup. I like it. Uh, martini with Groucho Marx. What a great call. <laughs> Wouldn't that be right? What That'd a great be good. call. You know, God, the, there. I mean, again. I, what a bar. <laughs> it's a good joint, man. Every night. Only I'm going, in New Orleans. I, I wouldn't run out of I, w- I would go I would give up I'd probably give up, you know, most of my life to be able to go and do that for three years. <laughs> I mean, just think about how, how interesting it would be. You would to talk to these incredible people and, and presumably they kind of they're into it. Yeah. It would be really rough if you were like Hey, I'm gonna have a martini with Groucho Marx, and then he pops up, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, really who are you? Yeah. Look, I don't I, look. I'm I'm busy. I, I'm at a ghost party right now. It's a lot of fun, and you've pulled me over here." And Ben's original thing was basically like you had an imaginary friend, and so you could hang with anyone you know who was who was dead. And he had the practical part put in that, like, oh, if I wanted to hang with Babe Ruth and talk about my swing. He could, you know, like give me, they had all of their mm. um, talents and attributes as well. So he'd be right. like, oh, kid, you're putting your foot in the bucket or like you're, you know, you're, you're not transferring your weight through your hips like you should be. So like yeah. I could have an imaginary friend like Ted Williams who'd be an awful friend to have. Sure. But he could be like, Jesus, kid, you, you know, you got to work on your wrists. You, you right. got nothing going on. You know? God, what an amazing like concept, though. Like in you could talk to Darrow about like trial tips. Oh, yeah. Clarence Darrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know what's striking me about it, but I'm just thinking like, because I was thinking about ones about Ghost where I was like, you know, is the movie Ghost like, is the ending happier? Is it not happy? You know, because it's, it's tough when you think about, because I had a situation, I'm not going to do it, but where you, you're given the option that you can remain on Earth and haunt it mm-hmm. forever. However, you have to stay there until the last living person dies. Right. And you can't engage with people other than to speak with them. But you can have whatever conversations you want. And would you take that or would you take the um, – or would you just accept whatever your chances are with any mm-hmm. afterlife that is there or isn't? So I was thinking about these kind of concepts and this thing about the bar. You know, I, I just – I find it really interesting. And I like the idea of the pairing. You know, yes. like what's the perfect, you know, like right. like a meal pairing. What's the perfect beverage? But in this case, like what's the perfect beverage that goes with this dead person? <laughs> right, right. Although I'm, I'm, I will confess, I'm not going to be great at that. All right, uh, TJ. Yeah. Here's buddy. the situation. Okay. The eccentric billionaire is back. Ah, f this guy. Oh yeah. Does he have me in a trick bag again? Is he? It's a little different. He's okay. going. He's trying out a different mo- mode of uh, basically torturing people oh, for his geez. own enjoyment. Okay. Uh, but he he's decided that he's gonna he's gonna play a little game uh, that he likes to call uh, utilitarian uh, assholery. Wow. Uh, basically, of course he does. He, and what it is is. Yeah, this is the wedding version of this. All right. Okay. And what he's going to do is he's he he will give a ten thousand dollar check to a children's hospital, and all you got to do is something he wants you to do at a wedding. Okay. And I want you to tell me ten grand. What a jerk. Yeah. 
Ten grand. Yeah, ten grand. Sitting on billions. Uh, billions. What a jerk. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's look. It, and I want to know whether you're willing to do any of these at any a of these things. Okay. For ten thousand, we're gonna for 10, sick kids. Yeah, ten thousand dollars is going to a children's okay. hospital. Okay. Uh, the first one he says is you go to a stranger's wedding. You got to stand up during that spot where they say. I think next week, because uh, we've already re- we're going to record two. I might have a scenario almost exactly like this for okay. you next week. Right, we'll good. see. We'll see how it plays out. All right, good. But uh, he, uh, you got to stand up at a stranger's wedding yep. during the speak now or forever hold your peace part and say, "I hate to say it, and I don't think it's worth much, but I just don't think this will work." You got to do that. Would you do that for ten thousand to a children's hospital? Oh, man. Not allowed to, yeah. you know, undercut it or say, hey, that was for can children. I, can I walk out after I do it? Can I drop the mic and leave, basically? Yes, you can. I'll do it. Okay. Uh, same thing, but you got to do it at a friend's wedding that you're invited to. Mm. I mean, how, my, how many kids is 10 grand going to save? You know, like, know. That, that could be, that could be like, could be zero that kids. could be one day, you know, that yeah. could be like one day. And um, no, nah, I'm not going to do it at a friend's. Well, yeah, I wouldn't either. Uh, he now he says, okay. Well, he wants you to ostentatiously cut in during the first dance. So in the middle of the first dance, you got to get in there and just cut right in. And it obviously it's going to go weirdly. Yeah. Uh, for ten grand for this. This is kid, the, this is back at friends' wedding again. Friends' wedding. Friends I wedding. think I can pass it off as a bit. Uh, I'll try it. Ooh, good luck. Passing it on. I mean, that's a that's one of those, you just don't do that bit. If you know? if someone tries to if if the groom tries to cut back in, do see. First of all, I'm gonna cut in and then dance with the groom. Okay. Okay. So it, it, that's all it right. Highlights the bit the bit of it. Yeah. If you really she tries it to this if she tries billion. to get back in, do I have to fight her off? Yes, for the entirety of the song. You have to complete the dance. You have to complete God, the first dance. I'd like to and say I would. It'll but be I remembered don't. forever. Sorry for opening a beverage. That's all right. Yeah. yeah, no, I needed the time. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, now he wants you to cut in during the father-daughter dance. No. He won't do that. No, not if she likes her dad. <laughs> okay. Now he wants you to go to the table with all the wedding gifts, put as many of them as you can in a couple trash bags, and toss them into the ocean. No. I think I might do that. Because <laughs> think about this. Like, you're basically taking $10,000 from this couple and giving it to sick kids. <laughs> I, but but there could be some one-of-a-kind. There could be a one-of-a-kind item in there. Like yeah. a personalized, like, damageable Oh, it's water. gone. It's gone. Yeah, it's I gone. Mean, are... But someone could, like, some, some friend could have worked for, like, oh, I worked for a year on this thing. I made this thing out of paper yeah. that you open up. and it's... You're, like, throwing it into, like... You're throwing it off like a cliff down in the That's ocean. The one. People aren't going to go trolling for like coffee makers and 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 gravy boats, you know, down into the ocean. I mean, once the hard part is going to be bagging them up. You get two big garbage bags of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you, you got to go like, quick. Yeah, while you're doing that, that's going to be the tricky part. You got to go quick. Uh, he wants you to interrupt the best man's speech by not once but twice yelling, "Tell the story about the dead prostitute." <laughs> yeah. I can do that. Okay. I can pass that off as a bit. Uh, again, you can't explain like, <laughs> no, oh, I hear you. And then, uh, last one, he wants you to just write, right as the, as the, as the, uh, 
McBride is is about to cut into the cake, you just go up oh, and no. just Chuck Norris roundhouse <laughs> kick. No. Uh, God no. First of all, I, no. First of all, the cake over. <laughs> yeah, you're just knocking the cake over. God no. Okay, so certainly not. You're not going to roundhouse <laughs> kick her, her into, into the, the cake. God no. Okay. <laughs> no. All right. But I'll kick that cake over oh. for Tim. Tim Grant. Ah, now you will. Yeah. Cake. I, no, I don't think I would do. Uh, for me, and if I have to do all these at the same wedding, this is a real mess. <laughs> this is a real mess. Yeah, I think I would. Uh, I think I would do none of them for for the tin grand <laughs> to the kids. The only one I might do is the wedding gifts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Toss them into the ocean. I think, and I, I, I don't think I would. Maybe I would interrupt the best man speech. What a, I mean, what an embarrassing thing though for me for the rest of my life is that people are like, yeah. Remember when Howell like lost his mind? Oh, and there's at, gonna be video of TJ's all of it. wedding it's and like, yelled this thing about dead prostitutes. Yeah. And that doesn't stay. Like, why in, did he think that was funny? Nothing stays in the room anymore oh, either. God. No, like no, no. Th- this is going to be, you know, like on multiple people's phones and on yeah. whatever video they have of the and, day yeah. itself. And, and everyone there, there when they're asked to tell yeah. a story about a wedding, they'll be like, "Oh, let me tell you the worst moment yeah. I ever saw at a wedding." Yeah. Here you go, Rush. Here's the situation. Um, you're invited to a wedding, Rush, and awesome. you notice you have a plus four. Whew. It says. Rush Howell plus four. And you take it as a chance to assemble a basically ghost recon style crew. So I try to get marriage and ghosts in here. Okay. So you you have a chance to assemble a crack staff of highly skilled friends for the purpose of making sure you have as good a time as possible at this wedding. Got it. So I don't need names, but I want, if you can have four, what specialized skill they have for this SEAL team that you're going to put in for wedding reception enjoyment for yourself. What can each of them do uh, at you know at an extraordinary level that will make sure you have a great time that night? Okay. Whew. All right. I got four friends. Yep. I'm going to bring with me to a wedding uh, to ensure that I have a great time. Yep. They each have one particular skill, like, you know, whatever. I think you know. I want one person like me who is going to, you know, I'm always at weddings. I'm always kind of trying to come up with ways to spice it up for like my table (laughs) and stuff. I do these two things almost. I do quite, quite a lot of weddings. I do two games. And I think people like them, but I don't know, TJ. Okay. People may hate them. <laughs> One of the games is I make everybody draft songs, and you get three picks. Okay. You go around in a circle, and if whoever has the most of their songs played oh, okay. wins. Nice. But the tiebreaker is if more than one person has all of their songs played, the winner is whoever has their third song played last. Oh, okay. The win- Oh, last. Okay. Yeah, and I can't remember if I talked about that on another podcast. I might have. I don't think so. Apologies if I did. But yeah, the winner is whoever goes last. Did you do this at my wedding? Uh, did not. Okay. Did not. Um, I did... I don't remember if I did at your wedding the other one, but the other one that I do a lot, it's typically when you have the longer seated dinner. And... The other one I do a lot is I I make everyone guess what percentage of people ordered the meat, the fish, <laughs> and like the chicken or whatever the third dish is, and then I and then I I get the staff to tell me, and then we 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 award a prize for whoever gets closest to that, uh, which is good because it it leads to a lot of conversation about well. All right. You know, we're in California, <laughs> so people are going to be a little healthier, you know, and people almost always underestimate the meat. Uh, I'm going to call this the funster. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. you have one, one, one of your or plus ones the is ass. the funster. No, I mean, whatever it is. 
Uh, I need one person who is. Um, I I need of the f- four. I need three of them that don't dance because I don't. I okay. I almost never go out there and dance. Uh, the fourth person though, I want to be a person who is going to talk me into dancing for the Great. last forty five minutes of the three hours of dancing. Great, or what? You know, whatever that percentage is, because mm-hmm. I don't. I, you know, I don't want to get out there and dance the whole time, but I do probably at the end of the day, we'll have enjoyed it if I got out there for the end when yep. everybody's having a good time. Also, I think probably like the bride and groom are like, hey, man, you were never out on the dance floor, you know? <laughs> but so the other the other three are all... So I got I got what I'm going to call the, uh, you know, the the polite uh, encourager. The da- dance instigator. The we dance are... instigator. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That's much better. So the dance instigator, uh, the funster you called. Yep. Um, I'm gonna have I, I gotta have the the catch up. The person who I haven't oh, seen great. in a long time sure. who I'm gonna have a material conversation great. Uh, of at least twenty minutes in in length between and, it, and maybe it's like, you know, interrupted a few times, of course, but where I'm really gonna get a chance to reconnect with a friend that I That's a good uh, one. I, I love, but I haven't I haven't had a chance to hang out with. That's a, a good while. one to have. Um so that's three and then um, the fourth person, I'm going to say I want. Hmm. You know, I had in my crew. Yeah. Give me your- it was uh, a small talker, someone who's great at small talk so that if you do get caught with that person and like, oh, the bride's uncle or Ooh, like that, this. it's someone who's just be like, so what do you, you know? Oh, no, I'm going to call it the. You know, uh, like, I'm I'm gonna call it the like uh, the the Shetland Sheepdog, you know, because I want what I want them to do is is herd away. Okay, sure, from me, nice. The people that I don't want to talk to, nice. Because uh, you get you know weddings and reunions. Uh huh. There is a rule that you spend a lot of your conversation time with the people you least want to talk to. Right. Sometimes, I right? Yep. Because you know it just for whatever reason. Especially when you're like me and you're kind of, you know, one of the people that's not going to be out there dancing. There can be times. A lot of time on the side. Yeah. Right. Although I will say it doesn't come up all that often, but it does some. It does some. So it would be nice to have the. uh, The herder. uh, The the target dummy. The decoy. (laughs) I'm going to call him the decoy now. Your stalking horse. Yeah. Yeah. I just want the decoy. So like. As soon as this conversation, I just kind of like I give I give a signal. They come in, they replace me uh, effortlessly. the The person doesn't even realize like they have an arm under their elbow now, and that they're walking they're walking in yes. a direction that they didn't necessarily yes. even plan on. I will also say, even though we've talked in the past about how uh, you and I have spent a lot of our lives surrounded by very funny people, yeah, but I, we we both don't love the person who's like Gots you know got to be on all the yeah. time. I'm. Not totally sure though that I'm. I, I do kind of want at the wedding. I want the person who's a little bit of the jokester. Yep, to, to keep things going. That's a good setting for that person. Yeah, and and so that's gonna be that's gonna be my crew. That's a nice that's a nice gang. We can we can put those guys in wetsuits, drop them off, you know, two miles offshore, I and let them it. swim up to the wedding. And you guys have a good time. I love a wedding. I'll tell you this. I'm not sure. I've uh, probably one or two times, but not very often. There've been many times where I didn't want to go to a wedding mm-hmm. either because uh, I was very busy or because it was a significant travel effort yep. or because it was uh, people that I felt like I had lost touch with and I was yep. going to feel isolated and alone when yep. I got there 
or because I got invited late, so I knew I wasn't really, <laughs> uh, you know, a top priority to make it the wedding. And I could count on one hand, and not I wouldn't even need all the fingers. Times I haven't been glad that I went to a wedding. Yeah, I love them. I one of the I thought one of the most interesting parts of my of of Beth and I planning our wedding for me was like the guest list. You get down to the basically Joe Lunardi. Last four in, first four out. Yeah, oh yeah, and right, to find right. out like what is the point that rests between the last person you invited and the first person you decide not to. It's it's a tiny little fulcrum on which yeah. that seesaw swings, but there is like there is a line that has to be drawn that that you have to give some name to that right. like this person's in, that person is the is the nearest person who's not. I think a decent rule of thumb to think about, and there are exceptions, but. I like the idea of you only get five people that haven't met your oh, gotcha. spouse. Oh, gotcha. I hear you. Because for the most part, if they haven't, then they haven't been close enough to you because yep. there's been a long enough time for them to do so. For yours, that's going to be a little different because you and Beth have so many overlapping friends yeah. before you got married. Real common Wouldn't, wouldn't be as easy for that. Probably not a great rule of thumb for you guys, but I think for a lot of weddings, that's a decent one. All right, Rush, back to the top. All right, great. There's one more about ghosts. It's a very, very simple situation. Yes. Here's the situation. You're dead. Pick a place to haunt. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be hanging around a bowling alley. <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just like working the pinball. <laughs> I don't know why that came into my mind, but that actually did. It's obviously not the choice I would have, but I like the idea of just uh, the old, the old, the old bowling lane ghost. She's always uh, the, the only thing haunted here is yeah. that machine. Well, that I, no, it's like people come in, people come in, and they're like, "Ah, oh, the shoes are all messed up." Uh, Joe, A lot of Joe, disputed perfect games. I uh, swore those two pins were standing until. Oh <laughs> uh, man, it's Joe Kelly and Brian Shortall and I wrote this. Um, like it never, we never got around to doing it, but we were doing this like sketch comedy show. And the one thing that I, I knew, I knew was a great bit that we had was this like haunted mansion <laughs> where, uh, the, the, the workers would come out and talk about the ghost and it becomes, you know, increasingly obvious that like the workers are just getting drunk <laughs> and causing all this sort of problem. But they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, the ghost, the ghost, like, uh, he'll lose the keys to the doors. <laughs> And then, um, you know, like a bunch of the keys will show up in a spot where they shouldn't be. And then, you know, the other thing is the ghost, you know, he'll he'll take the car and he'll he'll trench, you know, the front lawn with the with the ghost car. And, you Spend know, 40 bucks at Burger King. Yeah. You know, yeah, the ghost, he loves White Castle, you know, but he only goes from one to five at night. And then he loves to leave the wrappers in my room, you know, and that's frustrating because I want him to clean them up. And, and but it started like much slower. You know, it's like oh, the stories of the ghost. Right. But you know, the bowling alley ghost could be that, right? Like, oh yeah, you know, uh, the shoes are always uh, when I get back in the morning. The ghost has put them in the wrong slots, and it's a hell of a time for the morning shift. Yeah, he uh, forgets to clean the ashtrays. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a, he doesn't forget to clean him. He comes and smokes. He's a smoking ghost. He's a smoking ghost. He, he takes a few of the balls and doesn't stack them. And ran. He plays pinball all night. Because <laughs> you can tell hundreds of games of pinball have been played during the cleaning. I'm out cleaning the shoes. He puts know? my initials in for all the high scores. Because yeah. <laughs> the ghost is out to yeah. get me. Uh, anyway, I don't know. I don't know where I would haunt. I mean, I think... Um, uh, I'd probably just go someplace I liked in life, you know. Yeah. I'd probably just be like, 
oh, I'll go haunt, um, you know, <laughs> the Monterey Peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed pretty nice, pretty nice spot to finish off haunting. I mean, maybe Princeton, New Jersey in the, uh, eh, probably not, probably not. I don't think I'd want to hang around college kids as a haunting ghost. How about you? Where are you going to haunt? I thought about haunting the mission, the mission theater. Oh, okay. Yeah. You kind of do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I did for a little bit. But I was thinking like, well, I don't want to haunt. Like, I don't want to haunt any, like, my house, because, you know, like, even if I was like, oh, haunt, like, Beth for a while, like, yeah. even if you try not to scare someone, you're gonna, you're gonna scare them, yeah. you know, like, even, even if you try not to. Right. Um, so, but I thought the mission, I thought, I thought it could end up being advantageous to me and the theater in that okay. it was a spot of a little bit of pain for Dave and I, cause we, sure. we had a theater, we had yeah. our theater there and then it went under. So it makes sense that I'd want to haunt it. But right. also like, I think I would only haunt shows that I really didn't like. I'm like okay. this show's terrible. I'm going to turn the lights off or like make some of the props disappear. So I could kind of be like a ghost artistic director, you yeah. know, like, and then I th- also thought the theater would like benefit. Cause like, who wouldn't want to go to a haunted theater if you if you could? Well, are people going to believe it's haunted? I don't know. Well, though they will if they go see a not very good show. Oh, they'll know. <laughs> Nobody was in the booth <laughs> and cut the lights <laughs> and then, and then edited, just swept in front like a, a darkness just swept <laughs> right. in front when the scene would <laughs> go edited, too long. Try to edit scene. Yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a good. I mean, in Phantom of the Opera, of course, famously, sure, you know, like has some of those elements to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I wouldn't want to do like my home or whatever. But you also like, you know, the verb to haunt, meaning also just to to reside in. Yeah, kind of. So I would want something with a ton of variety. You know. That was another thing I thought the theater would be good for. If I'm going to be there for years and years and years, if there's going to be different, you know, hunt, haunting an improv theater. At least you're going to see different stuff. You got to yeah. see a shit ton of improv, but it's always going to be different. Maybe haunt a movie theater. At least every Ooh. week or two, you yeah, know, you, you get, get a new a new flicks, new a big stuff. one like a multiplex, twenty screen theater. But I, I think I would get, I think I would lose it, you know, by by being in a movie. Just that there's not, I mean, I'm thinking about places like an amusement park or mm-hmm. something where there's a lot of different stuff. You want like Scooby-Doo locales. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why That's why ghosts almost were haunting them until they, and they would have gotten away with it. Oh, if it this weren't. bowling alley is haunted, <laughs> Scoob. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe a mall. <laughs> maybe a mall. <laughs> maybe. I think I, if a mall that has like an arcade in it. You know, I mean, the, in Stranger Things, those things like they, they, we went to a mall. So, yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to go with the mall. I mean, it'd only be dead people that are still shopping at the Wild Pair and Spencer Gibbs anyway. That's right. That's right. Well, plus, improv could be a dead art <laughs> right, form, you know, before too long anyway. Uh, I'd like to thank Nate DeFort uh, for producing. Julie Nichols does the music. Emily Cardamus did our artwork. You can write to us. And as you've heard, we will we will use uh, when we can any situations that, um, that uh, we deem fit. Uh, and you can do that at Here's the Situation podcast at gmail.com I think that's it yay rush that's it thank you for listening <laughs>